guys, welcome to Cold Film Interview, the podcast where we discuss the films you love, but no one else gets, and we see if they still hold up. Tonight is all about psycho mutant freaks, and we're not talking about your prom date. No, we're talking about freaks. So let's start the show. Your Hollywood system stole our sex and co-opted our violence, so there's nothing left for our kinds of movies. Oh, hi, Mark. <laughs> where in the hell are we? If I want your opinion, I'll beat it out of you. This whole thing is turned into a theatrical mockery. You understand that, Mike? Stop eating my sesame cake. I'm so sure. Just look like you like me, and let's stand on. No. Wolfman's got You know, that's just like uh, your opinion, man. What did I say? No jelly roll. I get older, they stay the same age. You can't piss on hospitality. I won't allow it. Happy guy, motherfucker. Hey guys, thanks for joining the cult. We really appreciate it. Do us a favor, head over to iTunes, leave us a review. We will give you a shout out at the end of the show. Uh, and then when you're done with that, head over to cultfilminreview.com and uh, make sure that you pick up a t-shirt, watch some videos, uh, check out our uh, reviews uh, for, for various films on there. And then September 13th, make sure you come out to Film Bar for the burning. Should be a good time. Jason Alexander with hair. Uh, you're gonna make sure you n- you don't miss this. It's a rare thing to see. He may be there. I don't know. <laughs> we haven't talked to his people yet. Um, we're thinking about maybe talking to his people, but we don't know. I I talked to him. Yeah. Last turn I said was, "Could you stop fucking messaging us?" Yeah. That's what they told me. But I think you know there's a persistence. Chance. Yeah. That that sounds promising. <laughs> I thought so. They they responded, right? Yeah. <laughs> Tickets will be available shortly. They're not available yet, but they will be. And make sure you get them quick because, man, our events are selling out rather quickly. So make sure you guys get tickets. Uh, and then, uh, as always, I am joined by Kyle Smith. Hey, how's it going? Chris Willenbrecht. Hey, what's up? And Michael Salusio. Hello, everybody. Today we're talking about Freaked. It was directed by Alex Winter and Tom Stern. Came out in 1993. Had a budget of $13 million, Made 29000 in the box office. Has a rating of PG-13. And currently sits at a 47% on Rotten Tomatoes. Wow. Okay. This was a fan pick, I believe? Yeah, this is actually a double fan pick. Double fan pick. <laughs> <laughs> T-shirts. <laughs> the double fan pick. Yeah, this, uh, so, yep, two fans requested this. So, uh, the first one that came through came to us from Ryan McDermott, and he had to say about this, it's a total cult film snapshot of the early 90s. A must-see for Alex Winter fans, what I believe to be Randy Quaid's greatest role it's fun to talk about as well. Great conversation. Peace. Uh, and our other re- request came to us from Adam Donnie. Adam said, this is a hilarious film in epic proportions. It has Alex Winter from Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure, as well as The Lost Boys, the infamous Randy Quaid, Mr. T, Bobcat Goldwaith, Brooke Shields. The entire movie feels like liquid television from MTV in the mm-hmm. 90s. And once you're done watching the film, it's like a koala bear crapped a rainbow on your brain. Wow. Well, mm. There you go. It's high praise. <laughs> was that? Fucking love it. Yeah, That's... we had two. It was a it was a two for we had two requests on that. Wow, so. man. Tiefer. That was a great description. That of was this a, movie. That was a fucking great description. I'm very dude. impressed. The Liquid by that. TV was. Uh, the Liquid yeah. TV. When I was like, oh shit, exactly, yeah. exactly. Because <laughs> because because coming out of this, yeah, I was like, what the fuck? What would you call this? And everything they said was true. Did they work on Liquid, Liquid TV? Alex Winter and Tom Stern? I think they did. No, it was it, the Idiot Box was the was? one that w- this was born out of. That was their project, the Idiot okay. Box, I think, which was on MTV. TV. Yeah. So 
All right, guys. Now, who uh, had seen or heard of this film uh, beforehand? Let's start with let's start with Mike today. Oh yeah, this was one of my favorite films. Really, <laughs> I used to love this. Is like when did it come out? Ninety what? Ninety three. Ninety three. Yeah, I used to watch this a lot when I was a teenager. Mm. Like I was trying to think, like how how young was I? If I, if I was like twenty five, would have been like that's depressing. It's <laughs> 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 like yeah, Freak Man, one of my favorite movies from when I was like young, like twenty five. Um, no, man, I used to watch this a lot when I was a kid. I liked it for some reason. I think I liked the special effects a lot, and I liked what I think like it kind of is just like this cartoon within a movie. Like it's like a, a live action cartoon is how I would describe it to some extent. And I just thought it was really kind of like new and original and kind of cool. So we'll see if that holds up now. <laughs> Chris, um, I went into this feeling like it was my first time watching this. Um, but when I started getting to some of the scenes in this movie, it was hitting me hard. Like I was like, I remember this cow character for some reason. I remember this gremlin esque looking character. That was Alex winter's character. I'm like, why does this feel so damn familiar? You know? And you know, usually I can tell if it's something that I've seen somewhere, but this one, I know I didn't remember the story, but for some reason, the characters themselves brought back like a very familiar feeling. Kyle. I was like, are you going to cue me? So me yeah, go. no, I was waiting for you to jump the gun and I saw you do that. So I was like, I'm a dramatic <laughs> pause on this one. Um, yeah, I'd seen it once before. Uh, my friends are super obsessed with this movie and I watched it with them one time. And I distinctly remember coming away from that viewing, like not being impressed with it and being a little like annoyed, I think. And so when these requests came in, I was like, you know, I should revisit this one in like a different situation, different setting. As opposed to like, you know, you know what it's like when your friends are like, you have to watch this movie and they mm -hmm. build it the fuck up. And then when you, it will never match what they built it up to. That's kind of what happened, I think, on the first time I saw this film. So I think I do that to Miami Connection and then it just always exceeds. Yeah. <laughs> what I say. So <laughs> can't do it enough justice. Yeah, I, I really can't. <laughs> so this is my first time seeing this movie and I have always wanted to see this movie. I think the first time I saw it was when Anchor Bay released it uh, on DVD for the first time, like special edition. And I would always remember seeing it in, I believe it was Best Buy at the time where I, was, where I was buying my DVDs. And I always remember seeing it there and like, I need to pick this one up. And I've always seen it online, uh, either clipped. I think that's where you might feel somewhat familiar with it because I've seen a ton of clips for this movie because of Keanu Reeves uh, being like dog boy and like, uh, and stuff like that. So, um, and, and different things for its effect. So I've seen parts of this movie without seeing it. Uh, but I've always wanted to see it. So I, I was really excited going into it. I was like, finally, I'm going to watch this movie after like 20 fucking years of knowing about it. Yeah. I, I keep, I, I, when I was looking into the film, I kept looking at the, like the poster and I was like, man, that poster art does not sell this movie at all. At least the one that they're going with, with like Alex winter on the front and then all the characters kind of surrounding yeah. and the blue sky behind it. I'm like, that is such a yeah. lame ass cover. Well, for they this. definitely cut like all the marketing for this movie. Even still, like they didn't even try to make it look appealing. <laughs> yeah, I think it's one of the worst poster arts, honestly. Definitely like to staring at it, and it's just like I'm like, I can't gather anything from this. It just looks, it, it seriously looks like the poster art for like a kiddie show. Yeah, mm -hmm. you know. See, yeah. Seriously, yeah. they spent like they they just ate thirteen million. That's what Warner Brothers did. I think it was Warner Brothers. I feel like they, they just they reading just on it, they it. sabotaged this film. The studio did. Yeah. I mean, the the well, story it, behind it is essentially like. uh 
what they once one producer was in place like and he gave the green light on a 13 million dollar budget and then another producer came in and they put to push that studio guy heads out changed. studio heads changed and he was like i'm not giving you anything for this movie it's terrible i can't believe this has a box office of twenty nine thousand. Like it how only many showed theaters in two theaters in the yeah. u.s theaters yeah opening weekend six 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 thousand they fucked this movie did yeah. we talk so about hard. that yet <laughs> What? Did I miss that part? No, we didn't. Yeah. Good. Okay, I wanted to yeah, make sure that I was like, did I miss that? Like, because that like really explains that number mm-hmm. yeah. really well. Because honestly, I just felt yep. like I don't know. I when I saw this film, like it couldn't have been that far after it was released. Yeah. When the where the fuck would I have seen this? Film? You would have had it seen on, You would have had it seen on video. video. I think. I think that's TV, where this maybe. would only huh. only have its life is on video. Like, I I don't even know if this. I don't know if this even plays. To TV, to PG thirteen. I don't think I'm it. Sure I, I, I don't it. know if it necessarily did ever play on TV. I think it. This is totally one of those films that, yeah, it maybe got it, its life in fucking vi- video store rentals. Maybe an HBO or something like that. That's what maybe. I'm thinking. Like it has. But, like where the fuck did I see this thing? But you know what? As we're talking about it, we should probably get into the plot. So it's time for plots with Mike. All right, I will put my drink down. <laughs> Freaked stars uh, Ricky Coogan. Man, he's like the hot shot. Playboy, Hollywood star, I guess. Like, he's a teen idol, right? Like, is that how they're playing him off as? It's like a Leo. Like a Leo. He's definitely like a Leo DiCaprio. <laughs> a Leo. <laughs> Circa this time. Yeah. So he's like that type of guy. Um, uh, This conglomerate business is like they do fertilizer, right? Yeah. I think. And uh, they, they everything, say everything except Monsanto. shoes. They do everything yeah. Oh, yeah, that's right. Shoes. Everything but shoes. Everything except everything shoes. shoes. Yeah. So they have everything. But one of the things they want to market is this fertilizer that they're testing that hasn't yet gotten an, an American, uh, hasn't been, uh, what is it? It's banned. In? Yeah, it's banned in America, essentially. Yeah. But they're trying to oh, get and it. And in Europe or yeah, England. And in yeah. England. <laughs> So anyways, they try to get this big hotshot star to come in and be the proponent for it, market it and stuff like that. And they figure this will get their money out of this stuff. So they send him to this place where it's legal and um, he's driving down there and it's in Mexico. And uh, on the way there, they come across this museum of freaks or a carnival of freaks or whatever. And uh, they go in there and they meet uh, Randy Quaid, who I think is just playing himself (laughs) as he actually is now. Um, he, uh, invites him in, turns out he's like a mad scientist that is using, uh, this, uh, fertilizer stuff that this guy's trying to pitch in a formula to create these, these monstrosities that he's basically selling tickets to and trying to make money for. Uh, and his plans go even deeper and we soon find out why. Soon find out why. That's correct, guys. Uh, with that being said, let's take a break. When we come back, we'll talk more about Freaked. (sighs) It all started when I was approached to be spokesman for a multinational corporation called EES. Oh, the everything except shoes people. Right. I was at their headquarters to meet the chairman and the board of directors. They wanted to send me to South America to promote a controversial fertilizer called Zygrot 24. You are the only one who can stand up to these radicals who are trying to keep Zygrot 24 from the struggling farmers whose very future depends on it. Wasn't that stuff banned? Only in the U.S., and Europe. And we're back. We are talking about Freaked. That's what we're talking about today. Alex Winter um, disappeared after this movie, huh? For a little bit. 
I'm that not aware of anything that he is wrote. Is that me. safe to say? I'm not aware of his career. I'm aware of his career being like Lost Boys, Bill and Ted, and this. Well, go to the go find out. But yeah, no, he, I'm just saying off the did, top of my yeah, head. Yeah, from 93 to 99, he didn't do any movies. But in 99, he came back and did a movie called Fever. And then 2012, he came back and did a movie called Downloaded. Uh yeah, so and then twenty so it's been pretty, you know, sparse. I would I say. So this it, movie's really set him up to kind of be able to live comfortably for the next yeah, dude, who did he, six I wanna, years. Who did he get in a fucking fight with, man? Like that's what I feel like. <laughs> what? Because he's that's what I feel like. I'm like, he's not a bad actor. Like who like who did he piss who did he like piss hit, in their hit, Cheerios? All right. You want to hear about <laughs> it? I actually have I actually going down this is Wikipedia. Yay. Wikipedia, source of facts. Winter, Stern, and Burns accepted a $12 million deal from 20th Century Fox to film their own feature film, which would end up becoming 1993's Freaked. While the film never was never widely released, despite positive reviews from the New York Times and Entertainment Weekly, uh, Freaked went on to become a cult favorite, though through festivals, TV, and DVD, and was cited by Entertainment Weekly on their list of top 10 comedies of the 90s. But he did not return. Yeah, it doesn't really say anything necessarily happened. I feel like he had to piss someone off, right? Well, whoever came in, let's figure out who the producer was or the executive CEO of the company came in Obviously, did not like this idea and hated everything. Was he like in charge of like the, like Warner Brothers or whatever for like Fox for like that the amount of time till ninety nine? I mean, <laughs> <laughs> and then he was able to go back to work after that. Like, was he blacklisted? I don't know. Like, I don't know. I'm just speculating. Uh, you know, dude, maybe he just like didn't want to do, or he didn't want to work. He's yeah, just like he, fat he, off like that Bill and have... Ted money. Yeah, people have different reasons for like they don't have to always do the same shit. Well, didn't the second yeah. Bill and Ted did that one come out before or after this? Second one came out before this movie right i think before yeah okay yeah i think this was yeah this is after bill and ted's excellent adventure bogus journey bogus journey sorry bogus journey come on come on cody get it yeah, together bogus journey is 91 so yeah this yep. came after that yeah. yeah okay um but was he doing anything in tv like producing it just i thought he did stuff for mtv right he did before, I believe. Yeah, I think he wow. did before this. It's really yeah. it's took, just he, a cornerstone a, of his career. That's what I'm saying. Like, what happened, dude? <laughs> it took a six-year sabbatical. I have no idea why. That's possible, man. People get burnt out. Like, it's not like he was young when he's, like, at this, still at this time. You know what I mean? Like, it's yeah. possible that he is burnt out from the system. Here's the deal. Rupert Murdoch fired Joe Roth, who was the head of the studio at the time, and replaced him with Peter Chernin, who didn't like the film and didn't think $12 million should be invested in the movie. So then they immediately cut the post-production budget and cut the soundtrack budget. So, like, the the vision for this movie was, like, a lot bigger, which is kind of crazy because I actually think they did a lot, you know? They got a lot done with this movie for yeah. it so-called being, well, they had all like, the, they, scaled back. They had all the money up until post. So that's what... So I th- I think if anything what what suffers is probably just like maybe some some editing marketing and like the music they wanted but like mm-hmm. I think they're mm-hmm. still able to encapsulate their vision for the film. Yeah, that's true because you're right. They spent the 13 mil. It's just yeah. once it got time to edit and and market, they're like, we're not spending another dime on this yeah. movie. Which Basically. is weird to me. Could you not capture the MTV crowd at this time in 93 with this movie? Like, it, I feel like it, it you could. It says it had poor test audiences. Yeah, it, it, it did poorly with test audiences. So I don't know what that was saying. Maybe it had just missed the mark. Maybe if this movie came like two years earlier, it would have been a hit. Who knows? I Maybe it was too late. I think it's a mixture of just like 
I mean, it's the guy who did Society. You know what I mean? Like his style has screaming is, mad George. You're right. talking about yeah, that's yeah. what I'm talking about. Yeah. Oh, on the makeup um, effects. Yeah. So all of his movies, like The Giver, um, Society, like if you watch those films, they all have very similar like looks to them. Mm-hmm. Monsters are really, really grotesque. They have really big features, like big ears, big eyes, big lips, something of that nature. Slime, usually. Yeah, <laughs> and I think I, it's just a frightening thing. Like I don't remember The Giver coming out in, I think that was might have been a video release. I'm not 100% sure. But I mean, Society and that film aren't really known for, I mean, they're, they're R-rated films, like they're rough, you know? And I think that maybe this film, when it came out for an MTV crowd, they're probably still thinking like, this is too fucking like intense for, for the teenage crowd. What I, do you I think, think it would so. do. I think it would do better though nowadays if it had come out because this there. It's funny. There's a fake commercial that's floating around on the internet for like a uh, yeah for 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 like a Capri Sun type right, drink where the right. kids turn into like liquid and they merge Dude, together into that. one creature yes. and the creature looks like it's pulled straight from this fucking movie. Mm-hmm. Yes, you know. So I think I feel like nowadays this actually would play really well. Oh, I think this movie was heavily influenced by other things. Like, it was supposed to get a toy line. They were like actually creating like the action well, figures. Dude, I guess what I'm movie. talking about. Like I feel like the way they because think about it, like I think about this film and I think about a film like like say Tank Girl that also had like really kind of like weird mutant mm. creatures that were yeah. like you yeah. know almost cartoonish in a way. <laughs> but like that film is not overtly like it like people don't get shot to shit and blown up and like there's a lot less of the thing, and I think some of the claymation might have been a little off-putting. I mean, think about that now. You're you're going into the era of like Jurassic Park, right? Mm-hmm. Where I mean, we're gonna see some really bad CG come out of this era, but they're they're using image, they're using stuff from the '80s. They're using the hot technique from the '80s, like claymation. Yeah, yeah. people aren't using claymation as much in '93. Yeah, that's true. And I think some of it was like, what the fuck is this mess? You know, uh, I mean, that's what I'm thinking in my head. Mm-hmm. Here's the thing, though, like with it, when I when I watched it and you said it, I, I believe it was you, Mike, who said it earlier, that it felt like a live action cartoon. Yeah. 100 percent there with you. All I could think the whole time I'm watching it and even down to one specific character, I'm like, this is the Toxic Crusader cartoon. This is like an live action video of the Toxic, which is a uh, Toxic Avenger cartoon that came out in 1991. Toxic Avengers? Yeah. It's called The Toxic Crusader, and it feels a lot fucking like this movie. There's a there's a character with a large nose in that movie. They're all toxic mutants. Right. <laughs> like a team of superheroes, which kind of what this feels like at the end of this movie. Mm-hmm. Like it's, it's it's almost like an or it's like a, and I can see them getting a toy line. It, it, it's a very similar thing. Uh, a theme that, cartoon. that is yeah. going on also in the 90s because you have like... Yeah, you've got the split dudes. I'm looking at the pictures right now of the Toxic Crusaders. There's you've a got wolf the, like, the there's Siamese. A wo- there's a wolf man. Oh, like, yeah. Holy shit. Alex Winter just ripped off Toxic Crusaders. No, I think... Did it go the other way? <laughs> no, Toxic Crusaders came out in 1991, my friend. Oh, wow. Well, like, okay. But hold on. Okay. Keep in mind that like... Isn't isn't the tox- Didn't the Toxic Crusaders... Wasn't that directly like in response to Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles becoming a thing? Like well, mutations and fucking radioactivity well, was like super cool around here because Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles well, were like ninety what eighty nine. But right? it's from I mean Toxic I mean Toxic Avenger of the movie is where the the cartoon came from. But the avenue was opened up by the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Are like what other mutant well, every, shit can well, we well, do? No, 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 I understand what you're saying. No, I'm saying like yeah. right now what I'm asking is all of these all of these movies that we're talking about have a theme of mutants and mutations yeah. and well, weird all of, shit. Awesome, all of them no yeah. well, I think the the overlying theme is that we're missing which I was actually just about to bring up is it's all about um uh like, young glove no no the pla- like the planet 
like you have Captain Planet at this time also. That's right. So this is uh, this is all about like uh, what's the words I'm looking for? Conservation? Environmental? Yeah, environmentalism becomes big. This is when global warming becomes a big thing, and people are talking about it. Right, and yeah, it seems to be a theme during this time in the '90s, and. There's several cartoons that touch on it, and I feel like this is just an extension of 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 cartoons that touch on it, but through, but through live action. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, pretty much. I think yeah, I think they went with a certain popular theme that was going on at the Definitely. time. Definitely, yeah, yeah. And it goes down with like consumerism and stuff like that. And that's the the the, the I guess capitalism. The, capitalism, boring. sorry. Yeah. And well, in consumerism. Because they make everything else, you know, butt shoes, butt shoes, <laughs> everything butt shoes. They're like Am- They're like Amazon. Yeah, right. They exactly. They are basically Amazon. Amazon. They didn't know that they would. I mean, the you themes, predicted the future on the that. The themes are relevant in this in this movie that they're kind of stating. <laughs> yeah, it's. I mean, it's it's. It's like I said in the beginning. It's kind of like Monsanto. You right. know, it's like the evil corporation that's polluting the world and causing these mutations, and you know, it's. Yeah, but but in the form of like this carnival worker, Weird, like what would who's you a say? Mad scientist. What would you say the tone of this film is? It's like satire, dark but it, comedy. Yeah, dark, dark comedy. comedy. Totally. Yeah. But like it's 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 a weird like stylistically how it's done. Like there's these one liners. It's almost like a dark. It's, it's like nothing but trouble kind it, of. It's like, dude. It, it feels like it feels like a lot of like nine the the type of nineties comedy. Mm-hmm. Like that's it where it's just like yeah these one liners zingers these quick little you know quick little gags and shit. I felt like and I think it's, that's why it might not have resonated so well for me the first time I saw see, the movie. I got a I got a, like a vaudeville vaudeville with a with a nineties twist to it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, yeah, I would yeah. agree. Like, I think it's kind of like acting is really big in this. Like every character is really big, more so than even think coming out of that era too. Like, because yeah. there a lot of films were like really big and had really cheesy, dumb acting in the '90s. But this one almost seems like they're purposefully. Oh, doing they're definitely it. purposely. Like doing it. they're going out of their way to yeah. make it look really big. Um, I might be cast out for saying this, but when I, we were introduced to Randy Quaid's uh, character Scruggs, I'm like. Damn! Did Rob Zombie get the idea for Captain Spaulding on this <laughs> yeah, character? Yeah, yeah. Did he? Did does Rob Zombie a fan of Freak? And and he's like, man, because he kind of had like I know it's like a carny barking like mm-hmm. kind of typical you, character you've seen before. Why but, would you think you'd get cast out for that? Oh, I don't know. Maybe maybe some House of a Thousand Corpses fans will find that <laughs> blasphemous to say. Who knows? So funny. <laughs> they need to go watch Freak then. Yeah, they need to go watch Freak then. Yeah. <laughs> no, it, it is that is it's again it's very cartoonish. Even the jokes are very cartoonish, but they're like you know because it starts out with basically this corporation saying, "Hey, we want to put our our toxic waste in this specific area to this actor who's been on a television series for years." Uh, we'll pay you, you know, five million. I think it was five million, or this is what they it, said. It, five, mil. five mil was the yeah. final number for him to go and do it. So, you know, he obviously takes his best friend who has a hand in his crotch for comedic effect on a plane and starts waving it in everybody's face mm-hmm. <laughs> on yeah. the airplane. That's what you do when you have a fake hand, Chris, growing out of your crotch. Yeah, you throw it into your crotch and you put it through the pee hole. Jesus, <laughs> I don't like the way that sounds. And that was just his friend, right? He had no like. No, he wasn't it, his manager. Or no, 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 it was just his just best friend. Just his friend. friend. Okay. And then also on there is the the troll. Uh, Correct. Oh, which is like Alfred P. Newman from Mad, Mad Magazine. Yeah, pretty much. It's like it's like, and it almost has that like uh, Alfred E. Newman squints from like the Sandlot. If yeah. it was like a big cartoon character, like it's what's funny about it is that I mean the kid. Has really big features as it is, but they give him these big prosthetic ears yeah. to like accentuate what you think like his big goofy 
mat like Mad Magazine ear yeah, to look exactly. like. I thought that was pretty cool. Um, the, yeah, I was like the teeth, man. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, but I think those might have been his real teeth. No way, I don't no know. fucking way, dude. <laughs> you no think? way. I don't think so. I thought the teeth no might way. have been real. How's anybody live with teeth like that? <laughs> <laughs> He's a kid, man. Get some braces. Uh, Dude, he was one of my favorite parts in this movie. Yeah, I liked him too. Man. It was funny. I thought he was funnier than the I want my $2 kid. Really? I disagree oh, with that. I disagree with that. Yeah. I disagree with that. I think I thought he was. I, he but made the, me laugh. But the thing, more. though, this kid has plays a much bigger part than. Dude, when he. That guy's one joke. This kid is like a. True. He's one joke that I feel like pays off, and this kid, I feel like his joke is once you get it, you get it. There's nothing; it doesn't get built upon further throughout the film. It's just the same running gag. When he starts getting thrown through windows, I loved it. That part was funny. That's what I'm talking about. Like that shit was hilarious. And they play him off as. And let's talk about that too. Like that—that's the other cartoonish thing about this film. There are things in this world that he's created, the director has created, that like is real like real death like if you get shot with a gun you'll die Mm -hmm. but like if you fall out of a plane you'll live (laughs) yeah like there are some weird moments where you're just kind of like wait a second like i i it felt very national and lampoony to me and i that's the one thing i really enjoy about this movie is that they do take it to that fantastical level like the kid falls out of a fucking airplane. A guy gets sucked out of an airplane in a wheelchair. It's so ridiculous. I like how the lady, the lady just walks up calmly closes and closes the door. Yeah. She's like, yeah. oh, oh, this is open. I've always been a fan of that kind of humor. That's just like taking it to that next ridiculous level. Naked gun, you know, mm-hmm. like all that shit. So no, I it, felt like, yeah, the kid hitting the ground and just bouncing and missing the giant dude, hay pile. That, so was, the hay, the giant, <laughs> that was so goddamn funny. funny. The kid, dude, has been in other movies too. He's been in Hook. He was in Blank check, like oh, was sweet. he in Hook? Uh, Hook, he's Latch Boy, and oh, uh, Latch Boy, and in Hook, there you go. Chris <laughs> remembers Latch Boy. No, I'm not sure which uh, Lost Boy that is, but he's uh, he's Butch in um, uh, a Blank Check also, which I believe is the bad kid. He's also in Huck, uh, the Adventures of Huck Finn. He did a lot of movies in the yeah. in the nineties. Yeah, he, he, had a he was look. working. He was working. <laughs> but I'll tell you what, this is probably the most strange one that I think his parents let him work on. You know, it's got to be. This is the mo- I think this is like one of the most strange ones that a lot of these actors work yeah, on. Yeah, I was gonna say Brooke Shields <laughs> being the TV, the talk show host that's interviewing I Alex Winter. Brooke Shields in this movie. She's funny. Yeah, she's good. <laughs> she she's is. great in this movie, dude. The whole like the whole gag too with like having his light out at the end. Like we finally oh, yeah. got his light fixed. Yeah, that, that was shit funny. Was hilarious. I was like, damn, he's still he he's at least he made it out of there. But. Yeah. <laughs> He's still mutated. The fucking, it's a fucking cactus. cactus. <laughs> like just yeah. The uh the special effects too are just I'm like it's fun to watch a movie with like practical three effects. companies did the effects on this. Yeah, yeah. So, I believe it was a it, joined man. effort. Yeah, yeah. There's it was so much. He definitely got a lot of people. I mean, known for things, but yeah, it was like three companies. Even like watching it down, I was like, damn man, he got. They, I feel like if whatever, how many millions was it? Thirteen million this yeah. cost. Mm-hmm. They dumped. A, they had to have dumped a lot of that into Just creature the, design I and said say, like, yeah. "Hey, that's going to be the star of this movie." Yeah, because the locations aren't that grand. Like they're kind of like Some I, of I them think are. I could count on both hands how many locations. Well, even are in the this editing movie. is like again. It I mean it, it serves its purpose as being like a cartoonish kind of way of doing it. But some of it, like even the uh, kid flying out of the airplane and then the guy flying out, it's just sped up like super yeah. fast. And even when the 
when she shuts the door, she walks off and it's still in like double speed. There's yeah. some, morphing, like, there's, there's some looking. morphing effects and things that happen in here that I was like, how did they do that? Like well, I actually thought I really, well, that would be this, like what I'm saying. Like I feel like that would be the special effect. Like the like the claymation I, obviously I, I, would have had to have been done by. And I was going to talk about that because you brought it up saying, you know, they're using dating, dated technology, but like the transformation when it's the, uh, the activist and his best friend like morphing together, like I thought it looked fucking fantastic. Oh, no, I liked it, but it I liked it as great, somebody man. who. You know, we were just, you know, even with Moonwalker, when we directed that, we were, or when we reviewed that, like, same thing. We were like, Claymation's great, man. Like, it's cool. Like, yeah, I love that effect, though. Well, it looks it, so, it, and I like how the, the creature from, um, uh, what's that, what's the movie we reviewed? His head pops up in that, the Cyclops, while they're morphing together. Oh, Equinox. Yeah, Equinox, yeah. yeah. The Equinox I, yeah, giant, and then the, a T Rex head morph out of it is pretty funny. The, um, the, this it, it basically the clay animation fits this one even as this movie gets older it helps it because it gives it a certain style i think yeah people may have been like oh we have you know way better effects now and didn't see the artistic value maybe behind it back in the 90s i don't know it sounds like critics didn't hate this movie that much no uh it sounds like it was more of like audiences it got didn't mixed get it. reviews yeah. i don't even think it people hated it i think it just got buried by the studio like by not advertising really it. it at all and it was like up to audiences to find it on video at that point you know because like the weird thing to me about it is and this is why it was like did he did he get, make someone mad because I don't think this movie's poorly directed and I think it has such style to it and such creativity it's like how could you not try to give them at least something else in a genre film <laughs> you gotta also think of some of the ideas at this time Keanu Reeves is relatively popular I mean can you imagine going up and then you're like and hey, we got Keanu Reeves in it wait a second he's in a dog costume the whole fucking time we don't even know who he is yeah and he's not <laughs> and he's uncredited. uncredited uncredited in this movie and I was like oh, did we forget to tell you that I was like why <laughs> like why is that is it, was that his choice yeah but dude yeah but then you get like the best performance out of Mr. T ever. Yeah. Like, yeah, wow. I mean, it's pretty good. Best performance ever. When he's, when he's going over beauty tips, was I so was fucking funny. Dude, man. laughing my fucking ass off. My favorite, probably one of the scenes that I think made me laugh the most this time around was the, uh, when they're all telling their stories and Mr. T just looks down, down at a hammer and it's, it just shows a crescent wrench. <laughs> and then it shows the house, like stuff happening, and it just cuts back to a hammer. It's like, wait, it's a hammer. He turned the hammer, the crescent wrench, into a hammer. I thought that was fucking hilarious. <laughs> and the hammer shows up when they're all dressed as milkman. The hammer has a little milkman costume on. Oh Mr. T's God. holding it. Dude, that fucking line too. Fucking he's, like, he's like, he's like twelve milkmen on the same route. No wonder they're fighting. <laughs> <laughs> so good. So yeah. good, man. There's just stupid stuff like this in this movie where there's this like those vaudevillian like one liners. Every scene, I feel like there's something dumb in this movie, and yeah. that's what makes it like there are some, fun. there are some some of the jokes though that still this time around didn't totally land with me. Yeah. It's just kind of like, ugh, that was yeah. groany. Jesus, there's some groany shit in this movie. I just yeah. don't, I just don't know how you like if you're. Alex Winter, how you fucking act through that makeup, man. Well, that so actually hard. would be my, and I don't know if it was, I am assuming he, it's him overplaying the character, but Alex Winter's performance in general, and like as the Hollywood star before he morphs, I'm like, ooh, that was like a, that was cringy Dude, to thank me. Thank you for bringing that, that up. Cringy. I was worried I was going to get what? like booed yeah. here. Because you are going to get booed once here. Once he morphs, I like yes, him more. Yes, once he morphs, yeah. I, I, he was likable to me, but beforehand, I was like, he's, this, he, this is such a ridiculous performance. He's I not can't supposed deal to be likable, though. I know, I know that, but it, but he's not even like, Oh, you know he's not supposed to be likable, but still fun to watch. It was out, like uh, oh, I disagree. When you when you like outshine as an unlikable character in a movie full of like weird 
characters, I think that's a bad thing. Like you're you're more ridiculous than all the creatures surrounding you. It didn't like, ruin it. It didn't ruin it. I wouldn't say because he does he does bring it back when he turns into yes, he, he morphs, definitely does. But there were some moments in the first twenty minutes or whatever it takes for him to morph that I'm just like. His, yeah. Alex Winter? Really? I'll be honest. I just thought it was deliberate. Like, I, yeah, whether, I, agree. Whether, I whether I liked it or if it kind of irritated me or not, yeah. um, I definitely felt like it was more like, I think, no, he's just it doing me, this. It took me some it's, as a point to like, get I want you into to be an, it. Over the top yes, asshole. Yes. And it's fine if, the, if it was a point. If it was, I, I think yeah. it was clearly an acting decision for sure. It just did not resonate with me, man. Gotcha. I was just like, oh, God, See, I can't handle this. I was a fan of it. I thought he played it perfectly because I was just like, this dude's. A fucking asshole, and like some of it gets so funny though too, because like after, especially after he morphs, the 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 dialogue between him and Julie over like, well, you're the one who wanted to go to the freak show, and she keeps on blaming him for it, like even though she's the one who's like, let's go, like let's mm-hmm. go to the freak show, yeah. Mm-hmm. Which also I think that's where a lot of money was spent too, was on fucking Freakland. Oh yeah, yeah there's quite a few freaks. Yeah. I mean, we've got Ortiz the dog boy, the worm. Uh, I liked the worm. We've got ca- <laughs> we've got cowboy who's literally a ma- half man, half cow, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, we've got the bearded lady played by Mr. T. We've got Sockhead who Bobcat does the voice. Dude, for. Sockhead was a gr- another gr- fucking fantastic that's character. Definitely a character I. Don't know why I remember it from my childhood, but I do remember. Oh, it's ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like there's just like tons of different freaks that they show. Julie ends up morphing with the best friend with into Ernie. into a Siamese twin. I thought their chemistry was fun. How they kept like mm-hmm. beating up on each other, brother and sisterly, and like one's an activist, one's like a pervert. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. And she's always there to deck him in the face, like anytime he says something. <laughs> and he does to her also. He, yeah. It's uh, the worm is frightening looking to me. I I'm like the oh, worm that's was like the best effect screaming in mad this, in this right movie. There. <laughs> but it has one of the best running jokes of trying to get someone to wipe his ass. Oh my god, right? <laughs> Dude, that that's is, a really funny thing. It's a great running <laughs> joke throughout this movie. I just wish I could wipe my ass. <laughs> I'll say could they all wipe my ass. They all played their characters very well, all the actors for being these big in costume. God, those the, those costumes, you must have been in in makeup for hours Dude, a day to get that shit. Can I tell you my favorite freaks, and they're not even like freaks in the movie, just my favorite ones. The were eyeballs. The Rastafaris. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh my God. They, to me, and I, you know what I like is that they come so much later in the film. Dude, yeah, yeah, out of nowhere. And I fucking loved it. I don't know why. I just thought that it was a funny idea. And the pupils uh, were the mouth. Idea. Like, they're like. High <laughs> <laughs> idea. Well, true. I, I said true. idea, but. Oh, I thought you said high idea. We could go both ways, Mike. Because they were eyes. <laughs> He's punning yeah. it up. I like those characters too. <laughs> I thought the pun was about him them smoking weed because that's exactly where I was gonna go. I thought that was fucking funny. Dude, when they so come funny. in, you realize the pupils are their mouths and they're smoking, and they're smoking joints yeah. through them. <laughs> I don't think we're really like giving Randy Quaid a lot of credit yet, but as the mad scientist, I feel like he owns the shit out of this fucking character. Yeah, but here's the thing: I feel like Randy Quaid always plays this character. I don't what? hate that character though, and I certainly don't hate it as like a fucking crazy mad scientist. Yeah, I thought, man, I thought he was great, honestly. No, I don't think it was bad. Like, I, you know, as I was watching this, I was watching, uh, I was remembering the, the Cirque du Free movie. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and I was like, oh, man, if they would have made that, like, 20 years earlier, Randy, Randy Quaid would have been perfect. Mm-hmm. Like, he would have been perfect as Probably that part. would be perfect now, too. Well, you could just pull no. him out of whatever trailer he's leaning <laughs> yeah. in Toronto. And... 
I just feel like as like the ringleader of the freaks, he certainly kept it at a twelve like the whole time. You know, oh, yeah. like, and I I feel like that was great, dude. Like, the main la- like the main villain, the, the Mister Laugh or whatever it was, like oh that shit my was God. hysterical. See, little shit like that, like just making a character over the phone, you know, like all he does is laugh, but like for some reason that shit made had dude, me die. Be- because every time you'd end the conversation, he'd just hang up. And like Randy Quaid sold it and just be like, that guy's an asshole. Like every day, like well, he didn't even say anything. He's just laughing. What I also like, I, I don't know. I, it's it was such an eye rolly joke, but it made me laugh. I don't know why. Was when he he's talking to the laughing man. He goes, "Can you spell that?" I I don't know why I thought that was so fucking funny. I, know, I don't it know felt why. Felt like either, something that yes. I would see off a of Nicktoon, but like it, it, has it was so, fucking funny. Yes, I agree. It does have an element of Nickelodeon to it. Yeah. This, the, or I don't. You know, Nickelodeon was obviously around before this movie was made, but. Maybe that's kind of the angle they were trying to take. Like, cause I, this was originally supposed to be like an R rated evil dead meets yeah. something else. Like something, this was a hardcore yes, horror it, film. It was supposed not, to have the butthole surfers in it. <laughs> yeah, also. they were a part of it at some point, but then that, I think it got all confusing and they got dumped off. But you can't figure out which uh, surfer was the butthole. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Somebody's being a real butthole. Uh, anyways. Um, but yeah, I think Nickelodeon, like, humor was definitely I also wonder if that plays into my rating for this film I wonder if this somehow encapsulates so so much nostalgia for me from the 90s that it will affect my rating I think I would say yeah you know know what's funny is I'm hearing you guys talk about like uh, MTV and Nick thing I think the reason why the first time I watched this movie and it just didn't hit with me is because I didn't have cable growing up. I didn't yeah. watch oh, Nickelodeon. Yeah. I didn't have MTV. I didn't have any of it that. It reminds shit. me of so much, like so many other things that I've seen from the 90s yeah. where I'm just like, I mean, this I definitely this get, this see some like Ren and Stimpy vibes, and mm-hmm. I saw a little bit of that growing I think he's up. Quo- but- I think he's quoted on the, the, the guy who, who did Ren and Stimpy is quoted on the cover art of this saying it's like one of the, the, like a great movie. Yeah. <laughs> the style of humor definitely translates to that, cart- yeah. those style of cartoons and, and pace of MTV generation. Yeah. Yeah, no, and I, I I like that they went with some kind of like live action animation kind of like crossbreed, and I do think it was a, like a, a a really cool choice to make at the time. Is again, was it just was it ahead of its time or is it not? And I guess we'll find out when we come back. We rate this mammer jammer. Wakey wakey, eggs and bakey. Time to meet and greet the brand new you. Oh, God, this was my good side. Still is, if you ask me. Hell. All right, we're back. What do you say? We rate this man or jammer. Kyle, what are we rating it? Yeah, uh, Adam here gave us a rating. He wants to rate it sock puppets. Perfect. Like it. Yep. Um, and Adam gave it five sock puppets. Um, our other request came from Ryan. Uh, he didn't give us a rating symbol, but he does want to rate it a four. Four out of wow. five sock puppets. Ooh. Four and a five. Yeah. So we got a five out of five and a four out of five. Let's figure out where Mike's at. All right. I will give this a 3.5 sock puppets. Um, I actually thought that was a fun movie, man. Like, uh... It it does have that feeling of like it belongs in a certain time, and that time is certainly the '90s. Um, but I kind of like it as being like somebody who grew up in the '90s. It yeah. Felt really good to see it, and kind of remind me of a lot of stuff. Um, I like the way the vision they went with it. I like that it's a big kind of like Looney Tunes esque Acme kind of situation. Uh, 
And I, uh, I, I don't know, man. It remind you're right. It reminds me of Liquid TV. It reminds me of a certain era that I, I, I see upon fondly. I look upon fondly. And uh, also, Alex Winter uh, wasn't that bad. I disagree. But okay, <laughs> that's it. Three point five. Right. Three point five for Mike. I'll go next. Because uh, I'm also right at a 3.5. Here's the weird thing, man. I didn't think I would reference this movie like two times very closely together, but this is like the Toxic Crusaders meets Monkey Bone. <laughs> oh, yeah, Monkey Bone. Yeah. Like, Jesus, I, another like, Monkey I, I Bone reference. I didn't think I would be referencing Monkey Bone again, <laughs> but I am. <laughs> and I can't help but feel like this movie may have been influential to Monkey Bone, like in some way. But uh, no, I this dude, this. This gave me so many nostalgic feels. I think just because it it does capture the '90s quite well, and this weird sense of humor that somewhat existed, and and like how they are uh, addressing certain issues, like the environment and stuff like that, and how they approach it with a joking attitude, uh, is another thing that I think is how people approach serious issues in the '90s was mm-hmm. with humor, um, and it's a cool kind of thing to look at with that too. Uh, but over, uh, otherwise than that, like it's fun. And the special effects are, especially the fight scene at the end between Beast Boy and uh, Stewie, uh, is like this is really fucking cool to me. Like even though it's like it's practical and it's kind of cheesy, those effects are fucking fun. Like it's just, it's like uh, the fight scene is like if those animatronics at Showbiz Pizzas came to life <laughs> yeah. and started fighting yeah. each other. Yeah, like yes. that's what it would be. But yeah, three point five for me, uh, and it may get better doing another watch. I feel like maybe I didn't get all the jokes because there are so many of them coming at you. Uh, but then let's go to Chris. Yeah. Uh, I first time watch definitely all the way through and I had fun watching it. I, you know, I can't say that it was, wasn't a good time and it didn't offer some great effects and, uh, some funny dialogue and, you know, it was very, uh, comical over the top. So, you know, fan, like very much like in the vein, like I was saying movies that were coming out at this time, like nothing but trouble. And even I would say like drop dead Fred, you know, like there's all this stuff in the nineties that kind of pushed those like fantasy boundaries mixed with like comedy and horror. And, you know, this one, um, I, I enjoyed, I thought Randy Quaid did an, uh, a good job. I thought the sets were fun. I always like movies that take place at carnivals for some reason. That's a, like, I find those, uh, enter- entertaining and interesting. Um, I do think the film has some pacing issues. It's very talky and you almost don't, I don't think you pick up, like Cody said, on a lot of the jokes and a lot of the shit that's happening and you get like really overwhelmed with it to the point where you almost zone out. And and then you get snapped back in when some fun shit happens. Um, so I'm sitting at a three with this one. I guess it could go up. I could see this maybe being a fun group watch. Um, but three for now, and I do want to go back and watch it again. And I highly recommend at least one watch for the great uh, effects that are in I it. remember when the talkie films were uh, groundbreaking, Chris. Yep. When they didn't have sound and they didn't have talking, it was a new thing. Yeah. Okay. I remember. When, a little you re- too you talky really offended for the me. people of 1926 yeah. with that one, Chris. <laughs> Sorry, they can't be bougie with your CG. CG. So fuck it. This is a weird thing to call out. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry that you thought there was a lot of dialogue in the script. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Kyle. Uh, yours is the one I'm most interested in because I believe you touched on before. You may have not enjoyed this film the first time that you watched it. Yeah, if I had uh, it j- to give a backstory, if I had uh, given this film a rating the first time I watched it, I probably would have come in at a one. Um, this time Damn. through, I'm giving this a three. 
Um, a lot of the jokes really landed with me this time. Um, and I love the dark humor. I love this, like the inside jokes and the references to other stuff that happens. Um, I do agree with Chris. I do think there's a bit of a pacing issue with this film. And, um, I don't feel like I got enough of Randy Quaid. I feel like the film could have done a little bit better job of splitting the time between the freaks and their their interactions and then Randy Quaid. Because I honestly, Randy Quaid, even when he was like on his own or interacting with people outside the freaks, his shit was funny. Like the milkman thing. Even when he walks into the freak show and he's just like, quiet, please. And it's this That's loud, right. rowdy place where people are shooting guns off and everybody just like sits in their seat right away. Like that was fucking hilarious. So... <laughs> Yeah, the movie really, uh, I enjoyed it this time through. I definitely recommend someone checking it out. I don't necessarily know if my rating is going to grow because I feel like I got a lot out of it this time. And it's already grown. Like after a second watch, like I can't push another star out. <laughs> I can't. I can't might not be it. able to get it to nope. a four, but I'm going to keep it at a three, and I think a three is a good rating for this film. So yeah, three for me. Three for Kyle. All right, cult members, that's our show for this week. Do us a favor, head over to iTunes, leave us a review. We will give you a shout out at the end of the show. And then head over to cultfilmandreview.com, pick up a t shirt, uh, maybe uh, check out some of our videos on there and some review boxes. And then leave us a request for films to review like this one, uh, Freaked. And then, uh, I mean, it doesn't have to be like this one, it could be whatever you want, but just leave us uh, uh, one for us to review. Uh, and then, <laughs> sure. Yeah. Check us out on social media <laughs> at Cult Film in Review on Instagram, Cult Film underscore Review on Twitter, and on Facebook and our YouTube page. You can follow Kyle. Ah! You can follow me on Instagram at Cult Film underscore Kyle. You can follow Chris at ah! uh, Cult Film. <laughs> <laughs> Cool. Sometimes it just gets so revved up at the end because you're, you know, I feel it building. Cult film underscore Chris on Instagram. You can follow Mike at, at Mike Salustio on Twitter. And you can follow me at uh, VHS Collect on Snapchat and Instagram. That's our show for this week. Remember, if you're going to join a cult, make sure they watch good movies. We'll see you next time.